Hey everyone. So, um, I'd like to talk about how, you, how we clean, cleaning this whole um, yourself out. I mean, <laughs> you know, I feel like, I mean, I do renovations and I feel like, you know, I've been into some pretty grimy basements in restaurants, but it's nothing compared to the cleansing, the absolute um, massive cleansing that has been undertaken here again into um, every day with this medicine. I mean, <laughs> um, it really feels like um, having been dipped in a vat of treacle and tar and, and yeah, it, it really is like the loch, you know, that this monster just, this person being pulled out of this, you know, barrel of just creepy crawlies, toxic tar. I don't even know. I mean, just really, it's like cleaning out an oil well. And why I say that is because it comes, you know, when you start drilling. Um, and of course, I had a, a really kind of brilliant facade. It was perfect. You know, it was educated and spoke well and looked the part and it was so brilliantly engineered on the outside that it's almost insane to think that that very kind of polished and manicured facade was really a, a very thin layer for um, just layers of excrement to put it politely. <laughs> I mean, layers, and I had no idea. And once you start, you know, truly kind of throwing out the junk and truly emerging, and it is literally, I feel it's like some spirit or monster that's been in the, you know, trapped in this place. It's just pulling itself out of this sticky, messy poison. Um, is the amount of repression. I mean, I just am in shock uh, about the repression of anger and rage and the kind of distortion of the world. It was, I was in such a distorted place. This trauma had built such distortion to survive. I cannot even describe it. And I keep thinking, okay, well, we got to that pocket of hate, so to speak, or that pocket of understanding. And, um, you know, I think, well, that I popped that one, you know, like we've got that thing cleaned out. And then another one shows up and it's I just had no idea. And, and, you know, the more I sit in these mini ceremonies every day, which are not, you know, of course, once you take the ayahuasca, if you're on the medicine path of ayahuasca, on the cleansing path, and you've, you're taking that particular route, you know, once you do it, it's when you're in Peru, it's the kind of the operation. But when you start sitting every day, um, then <clears throat> it's just the beginning of the, the wound cleansing. It's it, it really kind of 
dives deep, deep into your DNA. And it basically is cleaning the D it's cleaning everything up. It's just, and when I say cleaning, it's releasing and it's reconfiguring the distortion. I mean, and the distortion is made by the impact. It's almost like imagine yourself like a piece of putty or, you know, um, bubbling metal that needs to take shape. And then someone comes in and shapes you. And you're on somebody else's potter's wheel. And they're, they're shaping your whole being. And in order to do so, then you need to eliminate, you know, a lot of things. You have to silence a lot of truths. You have to refuse a lot of feelings. And it's, it's a total distortion of your energetic field in order to um, contour yourself around these people. And that's what trauma is. It's the contouring, the reshaping, the refusal of you. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, I was supposed to come out as a daffodil, but I'm turning into, I actually showed up as a cactus with a daffodil's face, you know. Um, and none of it's yours. None of this. But none was me. It was all an absolute um, theft. That's all I can say. It was like, you know, the biggest theft in the universe is the theft of your soul by someone else. And it was a total disfigurement of my entire being in every aspect of it. Um, nothing was true, like nothing. Um, I didn't breathe. There were no pockets of air in this place. It was all black. You know, the tiny scratch came when I walked into a Francis Bacon painting and when I was, I don't know, 16, and walked out like someone had opened a window into my soul. I mean, it was like a religious transformation because he represented exactly what I was feeling is being trapped and hidden. And there are, I mean, if you look at your own trauma and you look at the moments of, you know, kind of religious awakenings or like that place where you go, wow, there's like this just sort of massive revelation. I mean, there, there must be moments when you recognize that, okay, there's a connection here. And mine was... Francis Bacon walking into that exhibition, walking out a transformed person because somehow a, a window had been opened or something happened in that blackness where I was connected to something that I understood, which was the pain and suffering of that, those paintings. And then in relationship with a little boy when I was 10 or 11, and it was purely platonic and the love was searing. I'd never known, I'd never known, again, another opening, a tiny scratch on the surface of light in what was really the most, um, the darkest places. And I, again, I had no, I was so smothered. Um, so, and before, if, if you've, I don't know what, how you responded to your own trauma, but mine was just, you know, submarine underwater disappeared you know beep 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 
you know, down, zero, down, 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 you know, any feelings down, it, it all just got smothered and refused. And um, if there's a tyrant on your landscape or a predator, then they rule the landscape, right? So everyone around them, no one challenges them. And they, and so in my instance, you know, my mother was his bitch. And so, and disciple and um, confidant and yeah, sidekick in <clears throat> everything he did. So she never challenged him. She agreed. She was had her own massive, you know, terror of him. So you're, everything you're seeing, if you're on the landscape of trauma, um, if you don't see anyone retaliating or anyone standing up for themselves or anyone refusing the horror, then of course it's just, you know, it's another day in paradise, right? It's like everybody's agreeing to this behavior. So who do you think is wrong, them or you? Well, you're little, you're three, you're four. You're wrong. So therefore, it's obvious that you must adjust your behavior to fit into the crazy that's happening. <clears throat> and that, that adjustment is what allows you to fit in. At the same time, it's your tombstone. It's your vault. <clears throat> and so um, <clears throat> it's, it's normal. You know, it's, it's a Hollywood life. Why is anybody, why would I complain about this life? You know, everybody's agreeing to it. No one seems to be in retaliation. And yeah, I mean, again, I'm just as the, the, you know, the more there's unveiled and revealed, the more pockets of stuff, the more, you know, I awaken to the complete and utter disfigurement and distortion of my energetic field. And that includes across the board, whatever you're feeling in every aspect of your life. It's just, it was all a lie. <clears throat> now, one of the things is that as you're awoken to your own feelings, you know, you get to see the real, and they're challenged, you get to see the real um, rage. And so, in my instance, and, you know, again, as you wake up and as you're being kind of rebuilt and cleaned out, and I, it's all sorts of, I don't know how I was doing this, but it's an amazing um, you know, magical, difficult, you know, kind of physical thing that's going on here. Well, you're literally being remanufactured by this medicine, retooled, rebuilt. Um, and what she's doing is she's burrowing into every cell in your body that's carrying any of this disfigurement. And that usually contains a lot of emotion. And, um, I, I literally recently got triggered um, by, so I, you know, I have siblings and, you know, everybody's disappeared into their own world. Nobody, you know, we're all kind of very separate because everybody responded differently, but everybody's kind of built their own separate bubble. But I had a, a moment where I was, had the situation I had to deal with them and the rage that was 
felt in my, I literally, I'd never felt that much rage before. And it's like everybody's asleep. But the problem is that if you wake up in a family where everybody was affected by one particular, you know, predator or fucking asshole, then everybody has either silenced the truth, everybody's adjusted, and then everybody's agreed to the smothering or the conditioning, and then suddenly you're waking up to the truth and you're waking up to the true feelings of how you feel. And that's <clears throat> shocking. I mean, I was triggered in a way that was, I'd never felt like my whole body was shaking with anger. And, you know, the release of, you know, the rage. Because what had happened is that everybody else, and they're all males, agreed to follow, well, one in particular, the other ones I don't know so much, but one in particular is a cardboard cutout of the original predator. Because you either mimic them or we, you know, dis or we run away from them, you know. So <clears throat> some people mimic their own t tyrant and become the tyrant and have take on all the qualities of the tyrant. And then some of us run from it and build armor. And in this one particular occasion, there's someone that is literally his double, which is, you know, one of his siblings, one of his children. And that recognition just was like a light to the fire. It was like, you know, if there was a combustible, you know, uh, flame that was about to bl blow up, it literally was like, I, I, my whole body was like, you know, raging, just raging. Um, so, you know, before in any other situation, you know, that would not have ever happened. It would have been an agreement. It would have been a yes. It would have been a let's just make everything work. You know, I lived in the, you know, when you're in trauma and you've been smothered, it's you're in this, you know, this is what you have. This is your reality. You know, go on and get on with it and just make it work, you know. And that's what I lived in, in the let's make it work mode, which means they shut down all your engines, shut down all your truth and you know, take on the the qualities of, and they're really survival. I mean, it's just survival qualities, like, the fuck? I just need to fucking survive here. And you don't even think that, because I never thought I would have survived it. I just thought, well, this is the right way to do the life, right? This is what I'm supposed to do in life. There's no, there's no comparison. You don't say, oh, you know, and even if there is comparison, <clears throat> again, I keep referring to those, you know, to the Orthodox Jews in Brooklyn, which to me are an, a, a really a testament to how powerful belief is, right? So, or anyone, I mean, just, I'm just them because they happen to be in New York and I see them and I see them as an example of just how powerful belief is. But it could be anyone. It could be someone living in a completely different culture. But here it's different because one thing is to live in the culture of the country and it's all decided that that culture works. But here it's like, you know, they are wearing a complete, you know, an outfit from the 1930s, it, pure black, it's boiling. Next to them is someone in a cut-off jeans and a bikini and basically, you know, a, a Baywatch model. And they just carry on. It's like, it, to me, it's insane. But I, it makes total sense when you've been smothered by beliefs and they've been indoctrinated in your 
put together with the glue of fear and guilt. And it, so I'm saying these energies are really powerful to dismantle. And they take, you know, you take on the qualities of wherever you're built. It's just simple. And I may be in the freest country in the world, the mecca of capitalism, the mecca of, you know, have your own freedom. And yet I was living, you know, in the vaults of, uh, of a demon. I mean, I, I was in the freest country in the world, but I was in the biggest prison simultaneously with being in the mecca of, you know, freedom. So it doesn't matter where you live or, or what you show up to. If in the cooking stages early on, you're cooked in trauma, you know, nothing outside makes a difference to the way that you're, you know, you're already the carrot cake. You can't suddenly become the, you know, the creme brulee when you leave, you know, the stables. You'll still get to be the carrot cake, you know. You're not a lemon souffle, even though there's lemon souffles all around you, you know, surrounded by lemon souffles, you're still the carrot cake. It won't change you because you've been cooked. And um, that's why this journey is monumental for me because of disfigurement and, and really just um, the refusal and the smothering was huge. So, and I refer to again, once, once you know, you're beginning to surface and your emotions are back on, you know, you can't accept it anymore. There is no, yes, you know, let's just make it work this way. Because your whole energetic system is now fully on and responding. And my response to that particular sibling, who is basically a manifestation of the original predator, um, was beyond overwhelming. Which again, it tells you there's more stuff that's being cleaned out and finally you're, you're tuned up. In other words, your feelings are on, you can respond appropriately because listen, if you're sexually abused as a child or physically hurt or screamed at or tortured or, or whatever, abandoned or neglected, you're carrying rage no matter how much you're smothered. There's, the universe does not accept evil that easily, you know. And unfortunately, a lot of people, if they're smothered, they self-destruct, you know, because it's in them. So if you can't fight it, you kind of, the way to kind of detach is basically to kill yourself because you're carrying the replication of the predator inside of you. They plant themselves inside of you when you're very little. They, you know, scatter their seeds inside of you so that in a recent event, I myself was judging and self-hating and doing everything that this predator did to keep control, but I noticed it, right? I was like, wait a minute, you know, I don't, would never treat another human being like that. I would never judge and condemn. Why am I judging and condemning myself? Well, because, <clears throat> you know, I built the replication of this creep inside of me. And it's an energy. It has its own energy body. It's, its, own, it's a dungeon master. It's like, we're going to stay in this position. I'm going to hold you hostage. And in fact, in a ceremony, I saw it very clearly. You know, I literally, I want these Indians, I mean, thousands are coming to take me back, you know, whatever their manifestation of truth. And I, I, I was with my family. I couldn't leave. 
I, I, it was like gravitational being on the edge of the, a black hole. I just couldn't, I was struggling to get across the floor. I mean, again, this was in ceremony, it was a 3D hologram, but I couldn't get across the floor to them because I was so tightly held hostage by this person and this environment and these people. So again, I, you know, I say this incessantly and it might be a pain in the ass to keep saying, but you have to recognize these forces early on are, you know, the, the building blocks are very difficult to, to dislodge and take a lot of work if the trauma is substantial. But again, you know, I had two cousins that committed suicide that one, I mean, one literally just threw himself off a, you know, off a building in front of his mother. And the other one went to a reservoir and, and put, you know, rocks on his feet and just threw himself off the So what I'm saying is that because they couldn't shake off, I mean, that woman, that horrific woman, had taken hostage of their souls and, you know, commanded and controlled and, and they'd rebuilt inside of them her and they couldn't get rid of her. You know, it's like these psychic energies, they really, you know, if you're little, they, they you know, that's it. They, they steal you early on. And um, again, I feel very fortunate that I'm not under a bridge, you know, with a needle in my arm. Um, I don't know why, I just, you know, I managed to build, <laughs> again, um, you know, I, I had a great advertising agency within me that just rebranded, repitched, you know, like, it's no longer bad Campbell's Soup. No, it's a new and revised version of it. Oh, my God, they're really good. They're really nice people. What am I saying? You know, and until, you know, the, uh, you know, I was just chucked off a cliff, right? Like, my branding was brilliant until the universe said, right, you're done. I'm going to chuck you off a cliff now. You're going to see the truth of everything, right? So... Of course, there were moments when I was like, there's something weird, you know. I mean, of course, tons of, there was a moment in a cat, you know, cab in London when I was like, you know, facing my mother saying, look, I, don't, I want out of this family. I, I don't know what's going on. You know. So there are moments when we have the confrontations, but the, it's like, you know, a war, right? A small clash between villages is just a little, you know, skirmish. A little fight is one thing. A little bar fight is one thing. But, you know, a whole invasion of a country is a whole different thing. Right, you know, you get a bit drunk. You get a, like, you know, you're a, a bit of the truth comes out. You know, you're looking for a fight. Okay, you might get a black eye or whatever. But when you face the truth, you know, you better have a fucking military campaign worthy of Alexander, you know, the Great. Because when you face these forces, they're going to come at you, you know, with all their weapons and their might because the way that we're built is you know when you build that armor and that ego and you turn around and say uh-uh no I, I i don't think that works anymore <laughs> it's going to come at you right so because you know really we're just frozen children whatever the trauma is you're frozen in that moment so you have to take up arms for your child and you know, for the universe, really. So, the cleansing is, um, 
and you know don't underestimate the cleansing i mean i thought well if i get out i'll just go down you know do a little bit of ayahuasca you know come back i thought i've had an exorcism i'm done you know done i've had a lot of really weird 3d things you know yeah yeah no 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 i mean this pile of shit this he's heaped this toxic waste dump i had no idea the depths of this trauma and you know how much more am i not releasing i don't know you know i think i think i've released i keep thinking this is it i've gotten to the bottom of the you know that my i've used my last you know can of windex and um, and ajax but no shit there are more caverns in this tunnel um and I don't know how many lifetimes, but for me, it's all this bloody lifetime. It feels pretty insane. And, and that's the other thing is that the ego can't go, okay, listen, it's going to be over and, you know, check the schedule, put it on the Excel sheet, you know, two months and 13 days. No. Is this an eternity of cleansing? I have no idea. Is it, am I done by tomorrow at 2.15? Not a clue. Um, I just keep sitting and sitting and sitting and sometimes it's a lot of cleansing and it's a lot of physical stuff going on which I have no clue what it's about and sometimes it's just you know soft and lullabying and and if you if you know if I was to put it in kind of terms of this planet I would say it's the way the healing happens is you know, one night it's very, very difficult, you know, and it's painful. The, you know, your stuff is, you know, spirits and stuff. You're being moved around physically and it's, you know, it's insane. Sometimes it's images and 3D holograms. And then sometimes she'll come in and to sort of finish the healing of that particular wound, there's this incredible kind of blast of love. You know, it's just a sense of sitting inside like I think about it like because we haven't been in it can't be in a sauna anymore because of this crazy pandemic but it's like you're just sitting there and it's just, just warm and you're loved and embraced and and it's like there must be a lot of uh, um I imagine like um a bruised you know thing or pear or something and the pair has thousands of bruises and it's just like she'll take each bruise and she'll work that bruise or that. That's what it feels like. Again, I could be completely wrong. Who the fuck knows? But that's what it feels like. It's like it goes in different waves. You know, it's like she'll open it up. The stuff will come out and then she'll kind of like suture it back and and then she'll heal it with enormous amounts of love. And I always think, oh, this part is, you know, oh, I'm getting all this incredible love. That's it. And then, you know, the, and she'll reach another area and that will be exposed and it will be painful and difficult. And then, <clears throat> because my disfigurement was fucking huge. I mean, I, I was never here. I was just a, you know, completely contrived, smashed up, bruised up, contorted thing, field. Again, I had no idea, so it is what it is. And um, I think also, I mean, I think what is also held in this 
kind of pockets in your system. For me, it was I didn't re could never really acknowledge was sadness and grief and disappointment. You know, as a child, I think that's something that I could never acknowledge, and I didn't know I held it within me, and that's usually held in the lungs, which is sometimes a lot. You hear me coughing. It's it's it's, it's being pulled out. For me, I mean, everybody has it in a different. We all hold. Um, uh, they call it el susto, which is the terror, in different pockets of our physical being, right? And a lot of it's in the lungs for me ever since I was a child. And then there's a place which is just um, under the lungs, which is sometimes, which I had, um, I was holding fear when I was away in Peru, and I literally thought I was having a heart attack. And I called you know, the maestras, the incredible wizards, the great doctors, and they came immediately. And um, yeah, they just said, massive pocket of terror right here. So she did her thing and it was all gone. So, <clears throat> um, the great, but I mean, one of the <clears throat> things, one of the, the, the clarity that's sort of, I'm coming up out of, from the trauma, and again, it isn't if you've been traumatized, you're immersed in somebody else's energetic field. You've basically been dumped in, you know, a foreign poisonous vat of something. It's not yours, and but you're in it because that's where you were cooked. And one of the very clear things that I'm seeing now is that as you get your power back, <clears throat> so before um, I built this sort of completely disfigured person that at the, you know had this kind of very clear outline pretend outline of what it was you know it looked the part it spoke the part and underneath it was this raging kind of underground world of you know you know frothing demons and slithering things and just a huge snake pit of shit <clears throat> and in that particular equation in that particular configuration I was at the mercy of the world. So, you know, I had no power and it was just like, you're always trying, I was always trying to make it okay for other people, right? So you don't have any power. Now, in this effortless way, and I can't really describe it, things are just happening. I don't, there is, so, um, there's an energy shift where, first of all, I don't care about, what the world thinks at all. I just, you know, having seen and undergone what I've undergone, it's like, you know, the world is almost like a, um, sometimes a nuisance, but really has no power. Before the world had lots, everything outside had lots of power. Like everybody had power, institutions, people. There was this always this sort of living in the shadow of the world. Now it's like, once you've got seen and faced all these dragons and monsters and Satans and, you know, it's like the world is like no longer an obstacle course. Like I really don't give a flying fuck. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, you know, um, you know, it's like, it is what it is. You know, work is whatever. You flip burgers, what the fuck? Who gives this? There's no, before it was kind of like saturated and way down and just, you know, by identity, like what you do, what you look like, who you are. That was a long time ago, right? So that was made out of the trauma because the trauma was so huge that it had all my power. So I had no power to 
really have any authority in the world. And I mean authority, I mean just ownership of your own destiny, right? It was just, I was just being pulled along by my trauma, which and pulled along isn't even the word. I was just stuck in it, so I was paralyzed. So the world had a massive impact. I mean, other people, other energies. Now, I just don't give a fuck. I mean, it's like, because once you have sat in that, once you've like walked through the darkness, you, once you've been on that pilgrimage through your own shadow, you know, you're energetically shifting. So things are happening now where I'm not even, it's happening without me. I can't really describe it, right? Like the path has been cleared and the path that was meant to me is showing up. That's basically it. And so like I'm going through it like butter. You know, it's like, it's like, it's more like I have more ownership of everything. I have, because I have more power, because I'm here, because this energy is being removed and I'm being reshaped. And basically, you know, I think about it like a Zabar sponge. I've always thought about it like this. It's like a Zabar sponge comes flat, very flat, right? It's like a little wafer. And you put water on it and it just puffs up, right? And it's the same thing. What's happening is there's a puffing up. There's a, I, I'm no longer, you know, in the, First World War, like hunchback like hags, we trudged through mud till on the glaring flares we turned our backs. It will, was it Owen Wilson, that great poet, right? There's this whole weight of the world that's on you that you can't get out of, that you're just, it's like being in this kind of um, electromagnetic pull that's just, you can't move, you're gravitationally stuck. Whereas now, it's just, it's more of a flow, it's just happening. You know, I know what to do. I have more space in which to think energetically things. I can read the situation better. There's more, things are just happening more by themselves. And the identity, I don't know, whether you flip burgers or you build skyscrapers or you go to the moon, it's all the same shit. Who gives a shit? I don't care, right? The fact is that the ownership of my life is now in my hands. More so, I mean, there's still more trauma to clean out, I'm sure there's, but more and more kind of your path is revealed. There's more, it really is like changing countries or changing um, energetic status, if you can do that, you know. If you're traumatized, you're owned by the trauma, you're owned by the predator, you are, your whole system energetically is, has been um, taken over by the predator. So it's controlled by them, even though you don't, you think you're in control and shit. No, 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 if you've been traumatized, it owns you. And once you begin to unload it, and unload yourself energetically and, and remove, it really is like a power wash. I mean, because these traumas, they seep into every pore of your body. There's no, Excuse me, there's no like, it's like ink on blotting paper. It just seeps everywhere. There's no place where there's no trace of it, which is why it's such a big journey and such a, depending, again, my trauma was substantial. So, and, and again, I just, I want to repeat this. It's just, it's my version of the world from my point of view. Everyone's is completely different. And 
medicines. If you do plant medicines, it's going to affect everyone completely different, and your journey is your journey. And so I don't want to fool anybody into thinking, well, it's going to be this is the way your journey is. The cleansing will be the cleansing. It'll just be done in a different way. I mean, the ultimate goal of the ayahuasca is that it is to clean you, to cleanse you, to make you whole, make you. And I remember one ceremony where. She was just taking my finger and making circles, like just circles. It was a long time ago, just circles, like, you know, we need to become whole. You know, that's it. We need to become whole. So, and again, it's like living in, you know, Versailles, but you're in the basement. If you've been traumatized, you're not, you, there is no access. To, you're not invited to the party. You'll never get into the, the best club, the best club being life. The bouncer will never let you in. And you will be chasing yourself in the darkness. And, in all, you know, and you don't think there's a door out. You know, because your whole system is set up so that there are no openings. And that there's a full-on ownership of the trauma and the darkness. And what the ayahuasca does is say, listen, you know, I'm going to open up some all these rooms so you can see, you know, the, you're not, living in a dungeon, you're actually living in Versailles, you have beautiful gardens, there's this whole world out there that you have no access to. But first, you've got to go through, you know, all the ways that you've been wounded, injured, and disfigured. And it's not easy, you know, it isn't, it's not like, you know, um, take an injection. You're going to have to face everything, tear it all down. It's, it's horrible to see the, the people that your parents, you know, the damage that was done to you. Um, it's not easy. And again, you know, I talked to you yesterday about forgiveness. You all, at some point, you know, I see forgiveness not as forgiveness, but, but rather that the connection of the child to the parent completely dissolves. You know, as you're loved, as your child is loved, they don't really even matter. They don't really exist. Perhaps at that point when their power has been so diffused, forgiveness can happen. I had no idea. I don't, haven't gotten there, so I, this is just presumption. It could be completely wrong. But how I see it is the fact that there's only, there's only um, trauma because there's still connection, because they're still magnetically, gravitationally still own you. They st you still have a very powerful connection. Your child does, again, like your child, not you, but your child has a very powerful connection to them, right? So it's almost like you're stuck, you know, like a hand gets stuck on for ice, you know, on a pole, metal, and you can't unstick it. And, and you're frozen in place and you, you know, you're contorted. And again, it's like that Zabar sponge, you know, it's flat, it's, you've been sculpted by them. So that's the connection. But once you begin to sort of disconnect, you know, in a way, they're no longer, for me, they're no longer my parents. They're just people. And um, the dissolution of all the feelings that were attached to them, or the dissolution of all the rage and everything. Once you get past, I mean, rage doesn't last forever, nor do all the feelings. I mean, they sit in pockets in your system, right? Energetic fields, which I'd never realized. And so she's going to open one, right? And it's going to come out. But once it's released, it can no longer live there anymore. You know, once you release the rage, 
And perhaps it might be rays that last for a long time. I mean, you know, mine was almost a year of just, you know, you fucking cunt. Like, I couldn't stop saying it was like, because I was just releasing, right? But once it's released, um, it, it, you get a piece of yourself back. So they no longer, the trauma can no longer survive. It, it requires the repression of feelings. Trauma requires that you repress volcanic feelings. And you only repress them because you're terri- your child is terrified. That's all. That's it. The devil wears Prada. She's, I love that. She's Meryl Streep. That's all. That's all. And that's what it's like. It's just, you know, the repression of um, of the, the feeling. That's all trauma really is. I think as I see it more and more, it's like you arrive, you're powerless, you're cooked in a pot, you know. If there's trauma, that means you have to repress your life force or your feelings. You have to agree to a particular, you have to live inside a contour that isn't yours. You're too terrified to break out of the contour. Now you've built all these feelings and attachments inside the contour. And it's like the first code in a computer. It's solid. It's done. It's cooked. It's out. doesn't matter, again, if you're you know, orthodox conservative Jewish person and the next person next to you is you know, jiggling their tits and walking around in a, a you know, pair of shorts, you're not really moved because you've been shut down. Shut down. You've taken on the belief, you've taken on all the, I mean, not that, you know, the desires don't, you know, I'm sure come up in your dreams or whatever, but you keep repressing them, which is why it's terrible to repress feelings. It's the worst fucking thing in the world because you're in this constant, you know, dance of death where it's like, I want to feel this, but I can't. I want to feel this, but I can't. Oh shit, I better go do a drug so I'm not, don't feel this. The thing is to let everything be felt. I mean, that really is the ultimate goal and release is the healing is feel it. That's it. The healing is feel it. That's it. See, I should use that as my next pitch. The feeling, the healing is feel it. Feel it. Feel whatever. That's where the healing happens, right? When a, a dog freezes, when it's terrified, then it shakes it off. It's feeling it. It's getting, it's feeling the emotion. And, you know, when I have to go back and feel the feelings which against them, it's really difficult. You know, I spent a lot of years really grooming myself to never feel bad about them. Because if I did, oh my God, you know, I'd die. And that's, again, also part of the healing is allowing yourself to feel the rage and then feel the feelings of guilt and all the stuff that comes. It's all, it's a massive kind of domino effect of release, Right? So you repress the feeling, the rage, the grief, what's happening. You release the rage and the grief. But then the next feeling shows up, like another wave, you know, like surfing. And another feeling shows up and it says, oh, you're not allowed to feel that rage and that grief. And then that gets smothered with guilt and whatever the shit, whatever that feeling is. That they're all compounded, right? And because it's like another thing, that another prison wall that's set up so you don't leave, right? Don't feel the rage. Don't feel the guilt. You know, if, if you feel the rage, then there's a guilt that stops you from getting to the next level, right? They're all just ways, they're all, you know, ways to stop you from leaving the prison. 
And who knows, perhaps the guilt, there's something else. There's like, I'm feeling guilty, therefore I need to kill myself. You know, I don't know. I remember I had, um, so there's just layer, compounded, you know, layers of, of walls to stop you from feeling the truth. Uh, one of them also was, um, yeah, like if I got really angry at somebody, it was usually my parents, it wasn't people usually outside, it, it would be, I wouldn't even want to fucking kill them, I hate them, oh, let me kill myself, you know, they are more important than me, why would I do that, right? So, you know, I need to self, you know, I need to, you know, push back it on myself because I, I can't face having the feelings I really had about them. And so, the, the, so it's compounded layers of feelings that all, they're all, um, it's like if you're in a prison, you know, there are layers and layers. There's the, first of all, there's the prison wall. There's the, your room, which is a prison. Then you leave it on the corridors and there's the walls of the building that are prison. And then there's, you know, outside walls of the prison, you know, they're just layers and layers and layers so that you don't escape. And these are built up as um, emotions and feelings and other spirits that, you know, like they show up as energetic energy, as energies, right? That, you know, oh, you know, you feel rage? Oh, that you, you shouldn't have escaped that room. Oh, now you're in outside. Oh, and the next, you know, uh, now you're going to feel guilt because you feel rage. You know, you can't feel rage at them. I'm going to make you feel guilty about being that rage. Oh, shit, I feel guilty. about Now I'm bad. I'm wrong. I'm not allowed to do any of this. What a bad person I am. You know, I should consider, you know, topping myself off because I'm just such an awful person. I mean, that's how bad it can get. So... Yeah, these are very powerful forces. You're clicked in very powerfully if you've been cooked in trauma early on. And, you know, one of the most amazing things to me is, and then also when you wake up, there's also clarity about who these people are. Which again, in one of the visions I had seen, my mother was, you know, that there was a, Oh, the first um, art history slide was of that that woman, and there's a German woman. You know, the first ever found artifact of a woman uh, goddess or something. And I was literally in the ceremony where she was this kind of like that goddess, but she was a huge wall to my growth. Like I was this tiny little entity, and there was this massive wall, and it was her, my mother. Because because she agreed to him, you know, she too then became the prison keeper. And so, again, in my great rebranding, my, my own agency, I'm just going to call it, I don't know what I'm going to call it, whatever. Um, I had rebranded her. So here, here I am rebranding her into this kind of um, powerless, vulnerable... I mean, let's face it, adults have choices, children don't. An adult can decide to go or to leave, a child can't. An adult can, you know, make decisions, children can't. And so I had, in my brain, projected that she was really this kind of powerless, sensitive person, which she wasn't. 
she turns out to be a bulldozer as well. But what was incredible was I was, in the recent conversation, I was just telling her like, oh my God, you know, because they have, you know, the way that people see the world is relative. So to her, her husband was this wonderful, I mean, just completely out to lunch kind of version of the world. And I was saying to her, my God, what are you talking about? He was this and she was that. She's like, don't tell me. I don't want to hear. I, I, you know, I can't deal with it. And I was kind of blasting off for about, like, I don't know how long. It must have been a long time. And I, she had no reaction. Like, if my child said that to me, I would be, like, you know, melted on the floor and would have to call 911 because it would be so disruptive to my emotional system. Like, my child had this happen to it and da 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 and, and this happened to him and he did this. And it just kind of flows over her so she it's like there's no connection to anything so she's shut off shut down and um, and it's really actually only just interested interested in self-preservation and her keeping her identity and you know my the truth is a huge threat to her identity so she's just shut it down right so and I, th and I really thought, I just, you know, doesn't give a shit, really. Her self-preservation is more important than the truth and connecting with her children. It's just, I mean, again, it's no shade, it's just the truth. I mean, the facts, let's just be honest, right? So, so what it said to me, and again, this is why the, the ayahuasca is so powerful, is... You know, I can leave this place completely. There's no one to convince. There's no person to change, right? Um, you can own all of your feelings. You know, you can scream and yell and whatever and try to convince someone, you know. It's like how we are in this climate, political climate. You can't convince someone of changing sides. It's been, because it's all built out of fear and tribalism, etc. right? So the same thing, when you leave, when you awaken to the truth and to what happened, and if you wake up out of your trauma, um, you, you know, you become separate to the, the place that you were cooked in. And you can't, you know, like you can't undo, first of all, you can't undo what happened, number one, but also there's no changing the characters in the play. I mean, perhaps you might be able to, but certainly in my instance, I can't. I can still feel all the rage and all the feelings, which is great, right? But there's, an, there's, a, there's a realization that, well, I've said it, it's out, you can't do anything about it, you can't change the people, so you can leave. You know, there's no, it's kind of like this wake the fuck up situation, which is like, you can leave, no one cares, right? There were no parents, there is no one, right? And finally, you can say, okay, I'm out. And 
all the kind of the grief and all of it is kind of it gets dissipated when you when you separate once you leave once your feelings are released and there's cleansing I mean not to say again there's not gonna be more I don't know but you know I see this this kind of it's like leaving and it really I suppose it's like Stockholm syndrome right you get captured as a child you want to survive you want the parents You'll invent them, you'll do anything, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's like a stock, and you fall in love with them. In other words, you accommodate, right? So you kind of become an extension of them. And there is, it's, a, it's really a kind of depro, I, I suppose it's like a deprogramming, you know? If you've been in a cult, I suppose it's the same sort of thing. It's a deprogramming, but it's an energetic reprogramming. And it's different to a cult because, well, I suppose, no, if you're caught as a child, it's the same thing, right? if you come in as a child and you're used and abused. So, but in, in this instance, it's energetic and it's suffused with love. And the waking up out of it is, for me, is, has been very meticulous and slow and really clever. Um, it's not just like anything that it's it's really done artfully deftly and with great love and precision and caring and, and just enormous love so that you can wake up to these realities you can accept all your feelings and you can eventually see them for who they are and for what they did to you and you can see their manipulations and you just you're not going to refuse you're not going to slam and refuse them but you you don't need to have an emotional reaction to them anymore because they no longer have that power over you right so once you spill the beans they're out you can't stick them back in the box that means that you're out that means that you've shown up you've released the feelings you've acknowledged what happened they can't respond whatever they don't want to respond that's fine you're no longer the child. Is there sadness? Is there disappointment? Yeah, it's all part of the same thing, right? But again, it can't last if it's seen. And again, your energetic field, you're basically taking back more power. You're taking back your power. It's another level of freedom, right? So, yeah. I hope it helps. And again, your journey will be absolutely different, unique, whatever. But if you're working with plant medicines, the ultimate goal is to release you and to heal you. And this great medicine will do it in whatever way works for you. All right? Bye.